Hello everybody, welcome back to Jerome's Gibberish, episode number 5. Sorry for such a long layoff, it's been well over a month since my last one. I said I was going to do at least one of these a month, and once again I procrastinated. So you lied to your public. I, it's Sam Moore, by the way. You lied to the public. You I didn't. Can't, you can't do that. I didn't lie to them. Yes, you did. I you said, said I, you were going to do it once a month, and have you done that? I said the hope was to do it once a month. Well... Okay, the plan was to do it once a month, but you as you like people should know, Sam Moore, plans change. Now let me get back to my intro for my audience. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Jerome's Gibberish, episode number five, with my special, special guest, Sam Moore. Hi. As he and I are going to discuss any and everything when it pertains to professional wrestling. Now, some of you listening out there may have never watched it. Some of you may have watched it back in the, the glory days of Hulk Hogan and, and, and Macho Man Randy Savage. Maybe even earlier, Bob Backlund, the Chief Jay Strongbow, or Superstar Billy Graham. Come on, why are you only mentioning, like, WWE guys? How about Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Sting? Those are my guys. How about up. you stop trying to be a contrarian and let me do my podcast? All right, go ahead. You're going to give me permission to do <laughs> So anyway, we're going to talk wrestling, we're going to talk shop, and we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room? I think we both know what the elephant in the room is. Sam? You want to go there? Yeah, I'll start. Go ahead. (laughs) Of course I'm talking about AEW as a whole. Poking a hole, poking the bear, challenging, tugging on Superman's cape. Talk about AEW going head to head with WWE. Well, specifically NXT on Wednesday nights. They've been around since October now. It's been a solid what, four, four months, something like that. What do you think about the progress of AEW from what you've seen so far? I like it. I mean, I think there were some speed bumps in the in the beginning, in the early stages, and they're still defining themselves as a company but you're seeing like the emergence of a lot of new uh, young talent um you know there's guys that were on there like the first few episodes that like the common fan wouldn't know who they are but now that storylines are setting in you're getting all familiar with these faces everything's working out for them and now they're putting out a good product who was your favorite AEW superstar that was not formerly in WWE Hmm. I would have to say I, I'm liking uh, Sammy Guevara right now. Okay. Well, mine's Kenny Omega. But that's no surprise. Um. I I. I mean, I would have picked Kenny Omega or someone like in that stature, the Bucks or uh, Pentagon. But just like if you're talking like fresh face at like. Like, I've seen Kenny Omega, you know what I mean? And I know you said non-WWE, but Kenny Omega's pretty known. You're right. You're right. Well, we've got Revolution coming up pretty soon at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And the match I'm looking forward to more than any other is Cody and Maxwell Jacob Freedom. Freedom. Friedman. MJF, who I think right now is the best heel in all professional wrestling just off his promo work. That man gets it. He's good. He's 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 the number two best heel in wrestling right now, in my opinion. And who's your number one? Jericho. I knew it. The champion. He's the best. Fine, second best heel in professional wrestling. We've seen Cody take ten lashes. We just saw Cody defeat Wardlow in that steel cage match. And now we're going to get Cody and MJF at Revolution. Does Cody get his comeuppance? Or does MJF sneak out with a victory? No. I think everything's right there for the pickings for AEW. I'm not saying... I, I don't think they can use the term four horsemen because I think Vince owns that, right? I think so. You have Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. You have uh, Sean Spears, a perfect 10. You have MJF, you have uh, Warlord. 
Wardlow. Wardlow. You can make a modern four horsemen in AEW. If you think about it. I would like to see MJF go over. I would like to see Arn Anderson be the one to stick at the Cody. Just because of the history between Arn Anderson and Dusty. It all plays it plays along, you know what I mean? You want Arn to turn that that rich history. You want Arn to turn on to Which yeah, which would lead into maybe um Sean Spears interfering because you know how he had that match with Cody as well. Wrap the chair on Right. And then you have Tully Blanchard in there. So I mean everything's there for a great uh rivalry. For a great Rhodes horseman feud to continue. You have Dust in there. You got two Rhodes there. You know what I'm saying? And then you got two horsemen. Original horsemen. Not just you guys not Steve McMichael or anyone like that. You know, or Paul Roma. We're talking about Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and their Sorry, that was my cat. And their version of, of a horseman type group. And I think with the guys that they have there, they can do it. Especially with MJF. I mean, the, the kid's phenomenal. And he is definitely a future world champion in my eyes. But I would like to see him go over in that way if he does go over. But if it's not going to go that way, then Co- I would then I'd want to see Cody go over. We've also got the Young Bucks challenging... Kenny Omega and Hangman Page for the AEW Tag Team Championships. And we've already seen seeds of discontent between Kenny and uh, Hangman. Does it come to a head at Revolution? Does one of them turn on the other? Does Hangman turn heel, which I I I think is going to happen sooner rather than later? This plays along, again, with the um, angle that we were just talking about before with Cody and MJF. There's your fourth horseman. He turns on the elite. You know, there's friction with with him and all the elite. And one of the episodes when they were in uh, Florida, Jacksonville, when they were all celebrating to to close out the show, they were inviting Hangman to come in. Hangman turned them all down, including Cody. True. To come back in the ring. So you have, um, what's his name? Wardlow? Wardlow. Wardlow. You'd have Sean Spears, Hangman Page, MJF, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. I mean, that that group can really do something. And it'll split the elite up. You know what I mean? Yeah, so fans don't think that it's going to be one-sided, that these guys, these group of guys are going to be the only ones getting over and everything, which I think they've all done an awesome job getting other people over. I do as well. You know? Now, switching gears to AEW's rival, so to speak, WWE NXT also on Wednesday nights, same time slot, 8 to 10 o'clock on the USA Network. We just got over NXT TakeOver Portland, which for me, from top to bottom, was one of the best shows I've seen all year. Right. And uh, I think we both agree the match of the night for NXT TakeOver was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic with Keith Lee retaining... And that match opened the show, and I don't think any other match was able to follow it. No. Keith Lee is, uh, he's special, man. Like, you just see it in his entrance, his in-ring work, on the mic. All around the kid is just freaking, the term I like using, he's just filthy, man, in a good way. Um, He's a guy that you would definitely, it doesn't matter what brand he's on. Just because he's just that damn good. You saw the match he had at NXT um, TakeOver Portland. Um, No other match that night followed it, in my opinion. I mean, they were all great matches, but I think they really sucked the life out of the crowd with the match they had. Um, Keith Lee's the man. I think, if if anything, they need to sooner than later get him and Adam Cole in the ring together. I, I mean, I, I don't even think, to be honest with you, he needed to win the uh, North American Championship. I think Keith Lee should have been in that heavyweight championship uh, picture or NXT championship picture with uh, Adam Cole, in my opinion. The guy's been a workhorse for NXT. 
and he proves himself every single freaking match, man. Well, speaking of Adam Cole, he had a match with Tommaso Ciampa that, of course, his undisputed stablemates interfered, and then Johnny Gargano came out. The Ciampa-Gargano feud has to continue. It has to. And I think it's great. And I think it's going to bring out another side of uh, Gargano now. You know what I mean? Sometimes you become, I don't want to say bland because it's not like his matches are right. He's not doing anything wrong. But you become somewhat stale. You know what I mean? Stagnant. So it's kind of nice seeing him get a breath of fresh air doing a whole completely different role as a heel this time around. And people are going to see a different side of him. Maybe Johnny Wrestling's going to be Johnny Cheater now. He's going to cheat to do things. Now get Ch- a little dirty in the ring. Now Ciampa's going to be the one getting the sympathy while Gargano right. torments him. And that and that's and, 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 and it's cool because you see how it all plays into the crowd, the emotions. How you play with the crowd's emotions. You know what I mean? And, and I think this is going to be a big one just because, I mean, the, the NXT fans love Johnny Gargano, you know? So, this this is going to be fun. It's going to be why Johnny why. Exactly. We also had the only title change of the night, which was in the tag match, Undisputed Era finally losing their tag team championships to the newly formed Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. I, I I don't know how much traction I see coming out of that team. It's not a real... I don't, I don't think they're going to... Maybe I don't think one's necessarily going to turn on the other, but I think they're sooner rather than later going to split up and just go back to their separate ways as being same. I, I think... Well, there's only one way this ends, dude. Any team that starts off like that, that they're two singles of guys and they just put them together, it only ends one way. It's going to end with one turning heel. I'm leaning more towards um, Pete Dunne being the heel in that um NXT has built such an awesome foundation in the tag team scene I personally don't get why they just put two guys they got two single guys especially guys that are as over as them as um tag champs and dusty classic winners I mean I would have loved to seen me personally the time splitters versus um the undisputed era, if anything. Well, here's the thing about the time splitters. Uh, that that Alex Shelley uh, appearance was just a one-off. Yeah, I would have worked. They, I mean, I mean, this is freaking overall, dude. Let, let's cut the bullshit. There's no, uh, and I'm sorry that I swore, but there's no freaking three brands, dude. There are three TV shows. It's all WWE. All right, we're gonna we're gonna cut it. To the core. Right Sam, now. you can't say that. It's all WWE, man. Um, there's it's no way. Brand. It's Raw, it's, it's SmackDown, and NXT. They're, they're, they're competing with each all, other. It's Vince McMahon. Um, <clears throat> there's no way you can tell me that Vince couldn't have worked, or Hunter couldn't have worked a deal for Alex Shelley to stay on a little longer. Or hell, man, keep him on for, like, sign him on a, a year or two deal. Why not? He's still in phenomenal shape. He's still in the prime of his career. The guy's a workhorse. We both know if Vince McMahon, quote-unquote, doesn't see it, then he's just not going mean, to... Speaking of doesn't see it, Segway, we've, we've, got, we've got workhorses like Cesaro and Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura being horribly underutilized is putting it lightly. Sami Zayn's not even wrestling right now. Nakamura and Cesaro have just been thrown together as a tag team when Cesaro was with Sheamus for who knows how long. Cesaro cannot get a singles run. Nakamura, the best wrestler in Japan when he came from Japan to WWE, had a 100%. knockout match with Sami Zayn at TakeOver Dallas, 100%. and everything's been downhills ever since. I remember Nakamura in New Japan. I remember his matches with AJ. Freaking awesome. Phenomenal. <laughs> no BS there, right? His run in NXT was tremendous. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I right so far? He gets to the, and I'm putting my quotations up, to the main roster, and it's flatline for he, Shensuke he Nakamura. From Triple H to Vince McMahon. Right. And if Vince doesn't see it, this is what you get. Which, this guy's, uh, his character, he's like, 
He's just out there. It's bizarre. It's kind of like gold dust. People you know don't. I mean? People don't get Velveteen it. Sometimes dream. they think like, it's wacky, it's zany, or it's over the top. But it's just that's professional just, wrestling. That's what he is. It's right. a character, man. And and again, it's like the guys that I, I mentioned: Velveteen Dream, Gold Dust, Undertaker. I mean, these characters, Kane. These characters are larger than life. They're, and they get your attention, right? So to see Shinsuke, the heights that he was at. To where he's, I mean, and, and not not to say he's in a bad spot. I'm sure he's getting paid, man. Oh, you know what I mean, this def, this is not a money issue. And, and, this and, is just a talent usage and, issue. And he had a cool run with the Intercontinental Championship. But my thing is, this is me personally. Hopefully, he finds his way back home to New Japan one day, and starts killing it again over there, and being used right. And I hope, and I and I mean this with all my heart, that Claudio comes back and becomes a world champion that we all know he should be. Claudio, for everyone out there who doesn't know, is Cesaro's real name, Claudio Castagnoli, who I think is pound for pound the best worker that's never won a world championship that's in WWE right now. Honestly, like everyone talks about, and this is the thing, and 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 I think a lot of the like when you hear interviews, everyone mentions uh, Cesaro, which is cool, but everyone only mentions Jericho, like right now for the for the modern era, Jericho, just because I mean, shit, that guy is he just reinvents the game every freaking time, AJ, Kenny Omega, and now and now, and you could throw Cody up there. But no one mentions Cesaro. And Cesaro is just as good, if not, and you tell me if I'm wrong, probably better than a lot of those guys with the, the feats that he can do in that ring. Dude. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, Sheamus is getting, like, him and Sheamus broke up. Sheamus so, is running through guys right exactly. now. Exactly. He's having a monster run. He's been gone, like, He's been gone for a while, close to a year. I think so. Okay. Cesaro's been on the roster. Why couldn't he get a monster run? Because Vince doesn't see it, and that just goes to show. If Vince sees it and sees something, as he has with Sheamus, and Sheamus debuted in ECW way back when, he'll get that rocket strapped on him time and time again and shot to the moon. And I'm not taking anything away from Sheamus. Not taking anything away from Sheamus. Sheamus is awesome, dude. That guy... Love Sheamus. And I love them as a tag team. The bar, I thought, was one of the best tag teams we've seen in the modern era in a long time. But Cesaro is not only just as capable, but even more so in many different facets. And he's just not going to get that push. He's not going to get that run in WWE, at least not with Vince McMahon in charge, which, let's face it, I'm not wishing this on the man, but Vince McMahon would have to die. Before he would give up ownership of WWE or relinquish it, he's going to. He's literally going to stay in control until he dies. Right. It's just one of those things. It's uh. He's an out of touch old man. You're you're working in WWE for an audience of one. If Vince likes it, you're golden. Right. If Vince doesn't like it and everybody else does, you're wasting your time. I think it's one of those things. I don't think he's so much out of touch. I just don't think he likes. When his ideas don't work. You know what I mean? If you're not his creation, it seems like you're not going to get the uh, that nice run. Or if, he, or if you're not in his vision. Which is wrong. Well, here's the thing. like People say they want the Attitude Era back in some ways. And you know, they miss the Stone Cold and Rock stuff. So Vince thinks he's being edgy by doing that whole Lana and Rusev and Lashley thing. It's not the same. That's not what we wanted when we say we wanted the Attitude Era back. We wanted, you know, maybe non-scripted promos again or or backstage attacks or some kind of interviews and stuff like that. We didn't want an angle where real-life husband and wife, Lana and Rusev, have to act like Bobby Lashley has inserted himself, no pun intended, into the relationship. And now this has been on TV for how many months? And now they threw in Liv Morgan, and now we've got another, like, thing going on with that, like... It's a little weird. They tease Liv Morgan was going to have some brand new character. She's just been following Lana around, and now Ruby Riot's back, and I don't know where any of this is going. It doesn't make sense. Rusev needs to leave. Oh, yeah. 
He's another one. Rusev Day? Does anybody remember Rusev Day? That actually watches wrestling? It was one of the most over things, and it got over organically, and it wasn't supposed to because it wasn't Vince's idea, but they made T-shirts, they made calendars, and then they did nothing with it. This is the problem, though, Jerome. I'm going to tell you. After ECW and WCW went out of business, WWE became stagnant, dude. Not so much stagnant. Hollywood. Vince wanted entertainment more so than professional wrestling. I think he forgets he doesn't, he, that he doesn't want to call it professional right, wrestling. It's anymore. entertainment. Sports entertainment, that's what he calls it. Not you see, and and that's where it's different, and that's why it's slightly different for NXT, even though I think lately it's been a little watered down since it's been on USA Network. And not, not overly watered down, but I feel a slight change in, in the product. Um but Vince is all about movies, Hollywood. You know, he loves seeing the stuff with the rock, Cena, and shit like that. You know, that's what he wants. That's what the, that's the attention he wants. Why AEW is beating NXT is because they're giving us professional wrestling the way it's meant to be. Something that we haven't had in a long in a long time. Remember, the 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 Attitude Era took off. Because Vince had to compete, not really with ECW, because ECW was already always in the back pocket of WWE. So for people to say, oh, three brands, three brands, no, there was two brands, dude. It was WCW and it was the WWE. ECW was in the back pocket of WWE because Vince was funding them, right? Right or wrong? I think I'm right, right? I mean, basically... He WCW and WWE looked at ECW every now and again and plucked talent. From right. Too. They helped them. They were never in danger of losing to ECW. Right. So. ECW was the first victim of the Monday Night War. Right. So. You fast forward. WCW gave WWE the. 83 weeks. 83 weeks. It'll never happen again. It'll 83 ne- weeks. It'll never replicate. No, but again, the Monday Night. Those Monday Night War. Even though we have a, a modern Wednesday Night War thing. But it'll never be that same, oh my god, gut-wrenching, like, shit, what's going to happen next type deal that we had on Monday nights. You know what I mean? That's just something that, it's funny, when I talk about it with some of my younger cousins or my uncles, it's like, and even with you, and we, we talk about the moments that we saw in our era growing up, it's like, holy crap, dude, that happened. Scott Hall coming through the time. I, I still remember the night Scott Hall came on Nitro. I jumped out of bed. I ran into my parents. And I'm like, oh, my God, Razor Ramon is on, on uh, Monday Night Nitro. Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when X-Pac came back with DX. like When Rick Rude showed up on Nitro and Raw the same right. night. Like, those are... But that kept Vince on his toes. Vince was always... He evolved. He, he got rid of those cartoony characters. He had no choice. Right. And then he, and, and then he has the more reality-based, Jerry Springer-ish... Attitude era of WWE, which I mean, everyone loved. You got to evolve no matter what. Once WCW went away and all that, you got to evolve. And I thought that the ruthless aggression era was good. It was awesome. I mean, it wasn't as big as the Monday Night War eras, but the ruthless aggression era was good. But then you fast forward in the modern time, and it's like it's it's stagnant. AEW is giving the fans. Something that they've been missing, professional wrestling. AEW starts off their shows with a match. We right. just we were just watching SmackDown, and the, the first twenty minutes were a, a, a promo segment. You know, you know what's funny, and obviously now I know Corey Graves, but when I tune in, and I and I and I watch Monday Night Raw, I don't know who the hell's announcing besides Jerry the King Lawler, dude. Obviously, I know Michael Cole. I know Corey Graves now because Corey's been he's been in the game and in the w in the face of WWE for a, a little while now, but the other guy I I can't even tell you who they are I don't know their names. I tune in to AEW. Oh shit, dude! It's Jim Ross. It's Toby Schiavone. The voice of Nitro and the voice of freaking Monday Night Raw working on Wednesday nights together, man. Former WCW partners in the broadcast team. Here we are, 2020, back together. 
I that's think, big. I mean, I think that WWE's best announced team by far is NXT, specifically Nigel McGuinness and Moore and all. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. But they are knowledgeable about that's wrestling. That's what I'm saying. Nigel McGuinness, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Unfortunately, never got to go to WWE because he chose TNA instead and then got the hepatitis thing and now he can't wrestle ever again. So all those matches never... Uh, and Moro Ronaldo is one of the most educated human beings when it comes to professional wrestling I've ever heard. And he's got that same passion and fire in his voice that JR used to have back in the day. So you put those two together and then it's, NXT puts on the best matches that I've seen in the last three or four years in WWE consistently. So it's just the perfect match. There's a part of me that wish, wishes both of those guys were on Monday nights. Just so Monday nights can have that pop, man. Well, that's just the thing. You put them on Monday nights and the, the, why can't the NXT crowd... Why can't the crowd at Monday nights and Friday nights be the same as the crowd at NXT has? Because the NXT crowd is actually there to watch wrestling. And the Monday night and Friday night crowd says, Hey, I'm going to see WWE. Want to come? Sure. So for every one real fan, it's like three, four, or five friends coming along to see what the big deal is. Right. They want to be on TV. They want to They look at the Titantron and see them real quick. And you'll see them point. That's all they're trying to do. They wave up that sign that says, Hi, Mom. I remember um, back when WWE was doing that guest celebrity host or whatever every week yeah i was there i was at the monday night raw i think it had to be hartford when ozzy was the guest Mm -hmm. so ozzy did a quick like maybe one of his songs if not that at the very beginning of the show and after that was over and we actually started getting into raw there were three people in front of me and one of them was on his phone saying yeah the ozzy concert was only like one song I don't know what they're doing now I, I thought this was an Ozzy concert the guy was literally thought this was an Ozzy Osbourne concert did not real like you don't see it saying WWE everywhere you don't see a wrestling ring right in the, front of you the, the, the he was stage. he was he was disappointed like, and he he left because he thought it was going to be an Ozzy Osbourne concert because all he heard or saw was Ozzy that, that's what I'm talking about like those people being there are going to leave when it's not what they thought it was going to be and they're the ones that they don't cheer they don't boo they just kind of sit there and you got to impress me, and that, those aren't the fans I want in the seats. Right. No, because it, it, it ruins the, the reaction. The, like, you know, when you're watching live from home and you have part of the crowd that you're not getting the, the pop that you think a certain guy should be getting, it's because it's like, and, and excuse my language, but you have assholes like that at the freaking shows that don't appreciate what these guys and women and, and, are doing. And, and then, the, and then the, the, the talent in the ring is like, how come... Is it something I'm doing wrong? It's, no, yeah. it's not nothing you're doing no. wrong. You, just have, you don't have people that are appreciating the product. Watch it. Dude, right now, especially in WWE, Vince McMahon probably has the best talent pool there is. Top to bottom that he's ever had. That he's ever had. I, I, and I understand that not everyone's going to have a spot or certain fixtures on a show. I get that, dude, because you know what? You... Not everyone can be... I get that. On, not, on, but, but not the, everybody can be the very top guy. Right. I get it. And they get it, too. But... but you, they're, they're, with all that talent, man, go back to what got you to the dance. I honestly think he's taking all these people just so they can't work anywhere else. He's like, I'm going to pay you an exorbitant amount of money to sit back here and do nothing so you can't be used anywhere else. Listen to this, right? So we have AEW. Who's doing that they're doing fire stuff over there. Two hours a week is what AEW is working with. I love it too. And, and and this is something that's always been bugging me. Do Raw needs to go to two hours again? Raw right now is three hours. NXT's another two. SmackDown's two. They still do uh, main event. I'm not sure if they still do superstars. They've got plenty of time. Yet people are through all five shows. There's still people that are just sitting in the back that have to travel. They have to be there in the back in case they need them. And then you never see them. Right. Unless it's on a house show, which well, that's what I'm saying. isn't televised. Like, honestly, but W Raw is too long, man. I cannot make it through a show. It's too long. It's, it's dragged out now. It's like, I can't watch it, man. <laughs> I'm not even going to bullshit you. I can't watch it. You know what I mean? It's just, like, not there for me. There's nothing, like, that makes me want to tune in. There's not... Back in the day, man... Oh my God! Shawn Michaels is on there. The Undertaker, Steve Austin, Bret Hart. Those guys made me want to tune in. The Rock. They made me want to tune Chris in. Chris Jericho, RVD. And, and yeah, and and then like you know you have the ruthless aggression era. Cena, Orton, Batista, Brock Lesnar. I mean these guys. You want to tune in? This era is just like. 
It's you even get, you Seth can, Rollins, dude. I'm, I'm like, you can see the ones that Vince are like, all right, these are my guys. Right. And then everybody else is just... Lost in the shuffle. Like Vince like, all right, I'll give you five minutes. Go out there and do something. But these, these are my guys. These are the ones I need to have. Seth Rollins, obviously, is, is right up there. I, listen, I'm happy for Murphy. I'm happy that Murphy and AOP get to be under Seth Rollins. Why are way. they the tag team champions? I don't know. I don't know. Shouldn't it be AOP? It should be AOP. And Murphy should be going for... The Intercount. Cruiserweight. Cruiserweight or whatever. Something. And the Seth or whatever. That, like, like how Undisputed Era had it. Right. Adam Cole was the champion. And Roddy was the North American. It was like their Intercount. And then the, the team, Fish and O'Reilly, were the tag champions. That, that's how you do it. But I'm happy for Murphy because he's not much of a talker on his own. And Seth Rollins can talk. AOP never had anybody. Like they, when they had Paul Ellering, he would just say one thing. So now he can talk for all of them. And elevate them as like a, I don't know, an evolution-esque kind of stable. That's fine. You, we all know eventually it's going to implode and they're probably all going to end up turning on him. But for now, at least Murphy's got like the people that are getting the push that normally didn't get a push. I'm happy for him. But there's plenty of other people that deserve a push way before Murphy got and, this. And I'm happy for all of them. But they don't make me want to tune in the Monday night still, man. It's just like... That group, I'll tell you this, dude. Let's reverse the roles, right? If Undisputed Era was on Monday Night Raw... I'd watch every week. I'd watch every week, dude. And you know why? Because Adam Cole is, for me, is must-see TV. Seth Rollins... And and not to take away, but I think, like Roman Reigns, I think Seth Rollins, even as a heel, kind of... You can't force-feed people, man. And, 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 and it's just like a a thing that Vince for all of a sudden just likes to do is just like force feed, force feed, force feed, force feed. And honestly, like, that's why the crowd turned on Seth Rollins when he did the feud with Bray Wyatt, man. You know what I mean? Like, and and Seth Rollins is a great talent. Fan, honestly, f- fantastic. I would have given Seth Rollins, after the feud with Bray, I would have given him some time off, you know, chill back, kick back. And come back, you know what I mean? Just so he can, if he, if you wanted to keep him up, because I think the role, the the, I think in reality, because they saw that the fans were turning on him, that's why they turned him. Yep. But I think the reality is they wanted him babyface. Why I not think, after the thing with Bray, have him take a few months off and come back as a monster baby? I think the thing with Bray, which wasn't the fault of Bray or Seth, because no. they had to do what they were told. That initial, that first Hell in a Cell match, Bray should have won that match. Yeah. Instead, they had Seth go over and eventually have Bray beat him the next pay-per-view, which may have been Saudi Arabia, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that was not the time for Bray to win it. He should have won it right there in that match where the lights were all red because that was his thing, and he survived all that offense. Then Seth had to stomp him like eight or nine times, and the fans were like, we're not, we're not buying this anymore. No, and, and, and So here it is, dude. Seth Rollins, compared to Goldberg, looks like he's three pounds, right? So next week, no, and that's just, dude, and I'm talking as just a common person turning on TV, yes, right? Correct. I'm not. Casual this is no difference. Gonna, gonna look at these people and just size them. And, up. and it could be Daniel. It could be Rey Mysterio. So if Seth Rollins beat Bray Wyatt, dude, you're gonna tell me that a former NFL player, Bill Goldberg, cannot spear and jackhammer fucking Bray Wyatt, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, and, and, and and that's what, when you listen to Bret Hart talk, or Jim Cornette, even Jim Ross, I heard a podcast with Jim Ross about building guys, storylines, and, 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 um, and you just, like, listen to, like, the storytelling. You gotta be very careful how you do this, dude. How the hell is Seth Rollins gonna beat Bray Wyatt, yet Daniel Bryan gave Bray Wyatt better matches than what Seth gave Bray? In my opinion. But Daniel Bryan lost. You're telling me Daniel Bryan couldn't have won the championship at least once in that rivalry and then Bray went it back. Even though I'm not a big fan of short title changes and back and forth. I like guys having it for a late... I love that Bray's having it for a late... It all, it, all got, it all got ruined by Seth beating him that one time. Yeah. If Bray had beaten him that one time at the very beginning... Then Seth could have had a strong showing but lost. Daniel Bryan strong showing but lost. 
And even Goldberg's strong showing but lost because you, you and I know Goldberg. It's not going to make sense to give him the no, title because it's just going to be a one-off so match. Why, yeah. But uh, So why even do it, damn it? Do I, don't, I don't know. I legit don't know. Like, I don't who, get it. If WWE could have one representative right now to represent all of WWE, who, who are you going with? Are you going with Seth? You going with Brock? You going with Bray? Who is, who is Vince's? If he was doing a draft of every talent, if there's one champion, the the one, one champion, champion right right now, the WWE I'm gonna tell you right one now, champion. Who is it gonna be? Brock Lesnar. And, but let me tell you the diff. Even though Bray is believable, dude, I'm don't don't oh, 100%. don't don't. And and and, and this ain't because his gimmick, honestly, Bray's career reminds me and his evolvement. Of guys like Undertaker, Macho Man, Sting, Jericho, Bray evolves, dude, and and this this the Fiend character is awesome, but Brock Lesnar sells. The reason Brock Lesnar sells is because he's the real McCoy, dude. This guy's real deal. You're talking NCAA champion. I think at one time he was the youngest WWE champion. Yes. Right? Um, multiple time Universal WWE champion. Went to UFC, won the I UFC mean, championship. UFC champion. Came back. Tried out for the NFL. I mean, this guy's a real IWGP champion. This this guy's the real deal, man. And 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 Brock Lesnar brings that realism, especially with the UFC and and um amateur wrestling background. Like it's like holy crap, man. This guy can probably really kick these guys' ass. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, if I if me it's even me if I had to choose a guy, and I, and I can have Brock. I see what Vince the Brock is an attraction man, but he's an attraction. It's like Andre the Giant. People aren't gonna remember Andre the Giant as oh man you should have seen that match by Andre. Andre the Giant was an attraction. The Big Show was an attraction because of their size. Great wrestlers and for entertainers, yes. But are we going to remember them really for technical wrestling? No, because they didn't have to do much in the ring. Kevin Nash, no. They were attraction because of their size. Brock Lesnar is an attraction. But an attraction that can also kick ass, dude. So, the only thing that, that, that in the Brock Lesnar situation is that you don't have... And even though this year, like coming into this year, he's at he has been there more. But just have like keep doing it, kind of like what they're doing with him this year. Keep him on TV, even if it's cutting promos, doing a quick run in, beating someone up, whatever. Even if he's not having a match, but keep him on TV. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have him do house shows. Screw it. Keep him on. Oh, TV. Brock's not gonna work a house no. show. No. But Brock, he's at that level though, man. It's like. It's like if Orton won the world title right now. For me, Orton would be... Right now, Randy Orton would be a fire world champion right now. And no one can tell me different, dude. I'm looking forward already to his match with Edge that you know is going to happen at WrestleMania more than any of the match right now because of how vicious and ruthless he's been. And speaking of being vicious and ruthless, I think we may have seen the last of Matt Hardy on WWE television. And uh, I hope this means we will see Broken Matt Hardy in AEW sooner rather than later. I heard his contract's at the beginning of March. March I don't, 1st. I, I, I hope that's what it is. Rumors running rampant that he might be the famed Exalted One for the Dark Order, which also may be Raven, who was sitting right there when that brawl happened Hell yeah, man, this that past was awesome Wednesday. Raven there. And, here, and here's my thing. If you really want the Dark Order to get over as a heel stable, then go with Raven. If you want them to be... Bad guys that are eventually going to turn good, you go with Broken Matt Hardy because no matter how much he tried to be a bad guy, even in TNA, the fans loved it so much that they turned him face. But how about if you put them both together? Okay, if you put them both... They who, could still work. It, I guess it could still work. And Just I, I still don't know what's happening with Christian Rodanos either because they keep teasing that he's going to be in it too. Like, maybe it's going to be all three well, of Dark, like, Dark Order would be cool because honestly, like... Raven is just good, man. I know. I think Raven is one of the most... I, I I was uh I don't know who I was I I don't know if I read something or, or talking to someone about Raven if if Raven's a Hall of Famer in my book yes I would I would put Raven into the Hall of Fame so would I that guy put help 
build the ECW brand. I think he's one of the most cerebral, one of the best like promos, just promos uh, and like psychology dude, guys. His in ring work, his in ring work was awesome. His man. his work with the flock. I don't care what anybody says. Was some of the best. Well, some of the stuff I gravitated towards immediately because it was just so different. It was different. Like he embodied like almost like the grunge movement and the and the outcast. But even though you'd see in his vignettes, he was a spoiled rich kid, but didn't want to. <laughs> his his parents were like, "Oh, come on, let's go get your laundry." Like pressed and dry cleans. Like, no, mom, you don't understand the struggle. And he, he dressed like he was those hopping great, tra- hopping he was trains. With, uh, Chris Canyon and those. Yes, yes. those were so I good. I loved those. Man. Wicked I loved good. those. And he was one of those guys that would take a beating and sell, but it was always believable. And when he hit that even full DDT... You know, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Cody's getting revenge for a lot of guys through the years that have gotten misused or miscast on WWE. I, I think everything Cody does right now, whether he wants to admit it or not, is like, hey, Vince... You're telling me that I don't have it, that I couldn't do it. Look what I'm doing right now. Look at what he, how he booked Diamond Dallas Page. I never thought, Jerome, I'm, I'm going to be 35 on Tuesday, dude. That's what DDP started. Yeah. I never thought that I would see Diamond Dallas Page wrestling in 2020. Or in any ring ever. Again, maybe a surprise entrance at a Royal Rumble or something. But that's about it. Seeing DDP in there, he looked great and he was booked right. That's how you book legends. It was a a six-man tag. He got some spots in. He didn't have to bump and the crowd loved it. Right. If Cody... Let's be serious. If Cody Rhodes doesn't ask for and get granted his release from WWE, we are not talking about AEW right now. Exactly. It was him leaving... Making that list, going around and having dream matches with people he had on his list, like Kurt Angle, and and he had Roderick Strong on that list, and a bunch of other people that he wouldn't be able to face in WWE. Then he eventually found a home in Ring of Honor, got to work in New Japan. They did All In, which was a huge success, and that led to AEW that we have right now. That is now going head-to-head with WWE. Speaking of Cody, and you said that list, one guy that he got to wrestle with, and something that we haven't touched on um, yet, as of yet, is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis, man. And the resurgence of the NWA with Billy Corgan and Studio Wrestling. We've been talking about things fans are popping for. Fans are popping for this, man. They're subscribing, they're watching. These studio shows are, I think they're pretty much sold out. You got you have guys coming in, Colt Cabana, who's awesome. Eli Drake, Eli James Drake. Storm. Dude, I saw Mr. Kennedy, Molina. Damn it, Scott Steiner. Trevor Murdoch. And Trevor Murdoch still were and then you got some new guys like that Ricky Starks kid that are that's good. And they got that news thing going on where they're pretty much gonna give like relatively unknown independence right. at least a chance to, to, to show their thing in front of a crowd and you, see what they can you do. You have Stu Bennett working on play-by-play who was uh, Wade Barrett in WWE and, who I think should wrestle more, soon. And more importantly, you don't have James E. Cornette on commentary <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh, he just slipped. That was just a Listen, slip. listen. Okay, <laughs> and I'm going to get a little candid right here because he's never going to hear this whether he does or doesn't. Okay? James E. Cornette was one of the best managers ever. He's got an incredible mind for the business as long as you don't go past. Time out. My brother just wrote, texted us. Exactly what I want to see. Goldberg. Big attraction, dude. <laughs> so, as I was saying, <laughs> James E. Cordette, brilliant wrestling mind. Brilliant wrestling historian. Got a great feel for the business, old school, whatever way. But um, if you do anything past, like, I don't know, 1991, 92, he's completely out of touch. I get it. I get he wants things to be a certain way. He wants them to be old school. But it, when he says things like Kenny Omega should be legit, like, tarred and feathered because he wrestled that nine-year-old in a three-minute match, which was specifically for her and her family, and Japanese crowds are completely different... Then like I can't take him seriously anymore, and then he's just he just says these things and he goes completely off the rails. I get it. 
You don't like it, Jim. You don't like it. There's one, there's there's a right and wrong way to say you don't like it. And after I heard what he said on NWA Power, which was just a, 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 a cheap heat, whatever thing, or, or, or fried chicken and riding through Ethiopia, like they, they, they had nothing else they could do but to fire. And not only that, he made that same joke slash reference Back in 1995, some random match with Bob Backlund. This is a repeat behavior. And that's why I'm glad he's not on commentary anymore. Well, he, one of those he can't keep comments like that to himself. You feel that way? Fine. But, there's but a don't lot say of that. On, on, I, I understand where you're coming from, but he's just a guy like... He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's beyond sugarcoat. He's that grumpy old man that... But so CM Punk is like shit. CM Punk doesn't sugarcoat. Anything not, on not either, but I would never you would never hear CM Punk talk about Ethiopia and, oh, no, and no, Buckley no. I, I understand what you know what I mean? Yeah. Like but, hey. that goes way to the extremes to try to get his point across. Right. But I wasn't talking about Jim Cornette, I was talking about NWA Power. Right. And I was talking about NWA and, Power too and how it's so much better and, now that Jim Cornette is no longer employed by them. Like because you, he used to be. Do you like do you like the product? Yeah, I like the product. Do you like that? I love that it's an hour. I love that it starts at 6.05. It reminds me of all... WCW Saturday day. night. Yeah, 6.05. They would pack that sound stage and get like four or 500 people and in And I also love that I think... It's an intimate setting. It's probably the most promo-heavy wrestling we've got so far. Yeah. And, and it's, it's off the hip. It's not... Yeah, it's, it's not, not scripted. There's nothing scripted. No writers are pulling you to the side. And you go out there and you wrestle in front of a small crowd that you, you either know what they like it or... You're gonna know that they don't, cause and there's also, not enough to have people cheering in and not cheering. It's either they're all cheering or they're all not. That's how small and intimate the crowd is. And you also have their working relationship. It seems like it's on and off, but now they're back on with Ring of Honor. Correct. Cause uh, Marty Scurll is gonna be uh, facing Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, which is gonna be an awesome match yet again. Cause their first their first bout was great. And speaking of Nick Aldis, in a recent interview he had with Chris Van Vliet. He revealed that uh, he, he wasn't going to name names, but it's always been asked, how come you never went to WWE? And he said, and I quote, that somebody very, very successful, he said very, very successful, specifically, in WWE, for whatever reason or another, is basically blackballing him from ever joining the company. Now, I think the reason he said very, very successful instead of very, very powerful is because he's talking about a talent and not an executive. Right. If he was talking about Vince or Bruce Pritchard or even Triple H, who he's praised numerous times and said he'd love to have a match with him, so I don't think it's Triple H, he would have said somebody very, very powerful. But he said very, very f- successful, which for me narrows down that list when you go back the last 15 years of who has been very, very successful in WWE. And he doesn't want to name names, but... I'm not. I know who you're talking about, but I'm not going to name the name. I don't want to name it either. But I think we're both think, thinking about the same person. What I don't understand is that there's no direct beef between those two. It involves a third party that has, and and he is getting blackballed by association. But maybe it was a, it was a good thing he got blackballed because right now Nick Aldis kind of took the role that Cody took, and they made their name. Outside of WWE, that's true. And he, honestly, with the trust of Billy Corgan, has brought the NWA. He dug them out of the grave, man. Like the NWA was a promotion that people thought was dead, dude. Like dead. And Nick Aldis has took put put that freaking company on his back, and he's brought he's brought it back, and people are watching. So, in a way, in a sense, it's like, all right, cool, he got blackballed, whatever, but you know what, he's like, screw you guys, I'm going to show you that I can still make it. Did he not have a kick-ass match with Cody Rhodes twice? It was a great, it was a great series. Right? I mean, that all-out crowd was hot, and they, for me, they had the best match of the night. Cody Rose versus Nick Yes, I think they had the best traditional wrestling match just, of the night. It's everything you want to see. You know what I mean? Well, for me as a fan, I that, the, the, you know it's cool because there's flavor. Like I, we talked about this before, there's different flavors in wrestling, and we've talked about this in in, in 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 your other podcast. It's like ice cream, man. You got vanilla, you got chocolate, you got strawberry, you know, pecan, whatever you want, right? Yep. So it's like, you know. 
and, and that's where there's it's so cool right now in wrestling because you can have matches that are more spotty okay you have that thing with the NWA where you can have those matches that are you know traditional they're more of that traditional style psychology right. ground based work of body part I think for me AEW is in that balance that they have both because with guys like Cody Dustin Rhodes those guys really they work man like those, right like if you like if you want, if you want, a if you want, if you want a real professional wrestling match the way it should be, in AEW, the three if, guys I think if about you're is a purist, Cody, Jericho, Dustin. Yeah, if you want a little more new wave, maybe hybrid. more high spots yeah. or hybrid thing, then you're gonna get your Hangman pages, mm-hmm. your Omegas, the Young Bucks. If you're a pure like, hey, I miss ECW because New Jack tried to throw Vic Grimes off a scaffold. Right. You got Darby <laughs> Allen. You've got Jimmy Havoc. You've got Joey Janela. Right. So that's where I say, like, AEW has, like, a, a AEW is, like, Neapolitan. you got vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry all in one. Pick what you like. Avoid what you don't. But you get it all in one right. place at one price, and there's literally something for everyone. Right. And you can't beat that. And I think right now with AEW, the two promote, honestly, and... I, I do watch WWE. I'm not going to say I don't. Do I watch the full show? I'm not going to lie. I don't. The only full shows I, w- I will watch, no matter what, are the NXT TakeOver yeah. shows. Everything I'll, else, I will DVR and usually watch right. at a later date. That's, that's what I end up doing. Even actual NXT, because it's on the same night as AEW, and right. I'm not missing anything AEW does live. I'm if, not. If you ask me, my, my, uh, my two wrestling nights are Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And they're with NWA... And AEW. And here's the thing. I, I want every wrestling company that's out there to succeed. I want the boys, if you will, to have every option available to them. I, even, I, I, want, I want Ring of Honor to succeed. I want New Japan to succeed. WWE, AEW, NWA, MLW. I want them all to succeed. I want them all to provide you a different niche. I want one talent to be like, here's... Six or seven viable companies I can go to to try to hone my craft, right? And and have them be financially stable and viable. But there is one company that um, I think their 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 time is up. I think their time's been up for years. I think it's like Milton from Office Space, where he was fired five years ago, but nobody <laughs> told him about it, and through a glitch in the payroll, still getting paid. And I, it pains me to say this because I don't want these people out of work, but Impact Wrestling needs to go bye bye. Yeah. When when your founder is gone, when, when the original owner, when anybody that was ever on that initial staff is all, all the rats have left the ship. It's just literally hanging on by a thread at this point. It's nothing like what it used to be. Their golden years were in the mid to late 2000s. And then AJ left, Jeff Jarrett left, you name it, they left. So many TNA alums are in other companies now, thriving. The ones that are still there, like, I'm sorry, but... You're never going to catch me paying for a pay-per-view. I'm not even going to watch it for free because there's nothing compelling about it. You, you can tell by their camera angles that the studios they're filming in are smaller and smaller. They probably only have just enough people for the front row of one section. The camera's always on that because if the camera pans around, you're going to realize the rest of the place is empty. Right. You know, and it, 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 I Once again, I don't want to see them out of work, but that company needs to go away. There's, there's certain guys that, like that Mike Elgin, man. I, I can't say enough good things about that guy. That guy is a beast. Like, that guy is a beast, man. And he... You know, I... They must have gave him damn good money for him to, to sign. For, for him to be like, yeah, I'm going to stay here instead of yeah. go anywhere else. Because I, I'm pretty sure AEW, WWE, NWA... Would all be salivating for oh, yeah. a man of his talent. And I kind of, like... At first, I was thinking, I'm like... And, like... NWA must be paying these guys pretty damn good to have freaking Eli Drake, James Storm, Nick all this. I think I think I think they got a solid I think the thing. money plus it's a much more limited schedule so they probably are free to do 
other side jobs, maybe if you have other side ventures or take other indie bookings and stuff right. like that. So you got you got a once a week kind of taped studio show where you can maybe tape three or four episodes in in like a two or three week period, and you have the rest of the month to do whatever you want. Like, there's a lot would, of freedom there. I would like that schedule. I would embrace it. I would honestly love that. Like, you're, yeah. you're gonna pay me X amount to come in and tape these matches, and I can go back and do my thing. Like, right. I'm not traveling 300 plus days a year with WWE. I'm not. I'm not think, gonna work to the bone. Do you think that because of how grueling the WWE schedule is, that it could just be wearing talent down? Hundred percent. Like, and that's why it's so like. There's no way it's not. I mean, they don't get the proper rest, man. I mean, like, the ones you gotta rest your body. The dude. ones that do get the proper rest are the ones that don't get that still have to travel, but don't get used every single week. How would you pull Dolph to Ziggler to decide, hey? You want to take the night off and we'll give, like, Hawkins and Ryder, like, your 15 minutes of TV time? You'd be like, absolutely. What happened to EC3? No clue. Last thing I saw with EC3 was him being tagged in a picture by Chris Jericho, because I think Jericho just interviewed him for his podcast recently or whatever, saying that EC3 had big things coming, which I hope means he's done with WWE soon and can go to AEW, because they have literally, the second he made the main roster, quote-unquote, they did nothing with him. And I'm going to tell you this. Like, EC3, I, I met him one time when the, 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 the night I tore my ACL in a match. That guy is, like, a legit good person, man. And, like, my interactions with him, like, he was very... Like, when I got hurt, he was the first, one of the first people that came up to me to check on me. I did a seminar with him. And uh, he was great. Great feedback. Just a wicked cool dude. And he talked that he's not, he wasn't one of those guys that'll like brush you off or anything. Mm-hmm. He gave advice to anyone that came up or he would go out to them and talk to them. You know what I mean? Fast forward, you see his work in that, in the rough stages of TNA because it was still rough when he was there. But a, a, a bright spot on that show was when EC3 was on TV or EC3 was heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to NXT. He comes in hot. Everything's looking good. He goes in the main roster. He disappears. They got nothing for him. Right? Magically. And this guy, I mean, he's a talker, man. That guy can talk on that microphone. And he's a, and honestly, he's a good worker, man. He can work. He can work. And he's proven it time and time again. If EC3... Ends up leaving WWE. I hope this time around he never goes back. So do I. I think he stays. Go to and don't go back to Impact. Go to NWA. Go to uh, um, AEW. Go to Ring of Honor. Hell, go to Japan. You know what I but mean. But look what Japan's done for someone like like Juice Robinson. Right. I thought he was done with wrestling for good. Now, not only is he making Actually, it in Japan, funny you made, he is thriving in Japan. That night I got hurt, he was wrestling Juice Robinson. That's funny you made that uh, comment. Um, I think Vince McMahon likes to be vindictive sometimes, even though he's never going to admit and what, it. And, but the thing is, dude, EC3 has everything Vince likes. The But the fact that he doesn't probably own the rights to EC3, he, 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 owns, the right, that he owns the rights to Derek Bateman. Right. Who was who he let go, and he went and became EC3. And I think deep down, Vince is like, I'm going to try to get him back just so I can pay him to not use him. Right. And keep him under my thumb. I'm just hoping he gets out of there and, and, and goes somewhere where he's appreciated, somewhere where he uh, can show his true star again, man. Because he's a star. There are so many underutilized talents. And I hope the revival, that I hope they do leave. So do I. They need to be in a situation where they can be real tag team champions. I keep mentioning NWA because out of all the brand, well, AEW, I love them both the same right now, to be honest with you. But just because of their their um their gimmick, it reminds me of Tully and Arn, and a lot of people make that uh, assumption that they uh I th- that they take a lot of um the stuff that Tully and Arn did and just modernize it. Now imagine if our modern day Tully and Arn could link up with the actual Tully and Arn. Right. But it's even one of those things. How about if they go on NWA Power and become and win the NWA World Tag Team Championships? Like seeing them with the classic titles that Arn and Tully held 
And then... I can't remember the last time I saw him on WWE TV. And then eventually, damn it, seeing him on AEW for the match that everybody wants to see. The Revival versus the Young Bucks. A clash of styles that would be... That'd be such a good match or series of matches. And then, you know, another... Even though they're champions on SmackDown, some other guys that are... Are we running out of time? We just did. Well, 60 minutes sure came fast, and we certainly didn't get to nearly as much of the topics as we wanted to discuss, but uh, just wanted to sign off properly to end this episode. If anybody out there actually came along with us for this ride of 60 minutes as we talked about professional wrestling. Maybe you learned a few things. Maybe you, you, you remembered a couple of things. Maybe you felt something. Hopefully you felt something. Hopefully you got just as lost in it as we did. But uh, I will have... Tell us stuff you don't like either. Stuff that you want to hear. Like, give us feedback. And Sam Moore may or may not be another special guest somewhere down the line if I feel like it. But I just wanted to officially sign off. This is Jerome's Gibberish, episode number five. Maybe I was making up for lost time, which is why this episode was twice as long as most of them. But I also had a special guest. And I've got some other special guests coming up in the future that I can't name just yet. But trust me when I tell you, they are coming and they will be worth listening to. This is Jerome's Gibberish, episode number five. I will see you guys next time.